wonderful. Thank you, choir, for that music. Thank you for leading us. And it is a, a great, great day to be here and praise the Lord together. Uh, today, I, I want us to turn to some passages that will be familiar, I think, or I hope uh, they will be, to look at the church and, and what God's called us to be and, and, and how we can do that and to encourage us but also challenge us. So uh, if you would, bow together with me as we go to the Lord together in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. Uh, thank you, God, for what you do in our lives, for the way you call us, for the way you direct us. And God, help us to follow you completely as we offer this prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. The uh, scripture I want us to look at first tonight is Matthew chapter 4, or tonight, this morning, is uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. This is the, the calling of the first four. Uh, we looked at this a while back in a different context, but today we're going to talk about our mission. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting an head into the sea. They were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. You know, this morning I want us to spend some time thinking about the, the mission of the church. What are we here for? What do we do? And in this passage, it's the very beginning. Jesus is calling his very first followers, uh, Andrew and Peter, then a minute later, or next verse, James and John. And he calls and he makes this statement to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. If you think about fishing, how many of you here are fishermen or fisherwomen? How many of you go fishing? There's a good many, a good many. Well, there are some interesting things about fishing. And I had an, I've, I fished a lot when I was younger, not as much in the last 20 years or so. But I had an experience in, in the fall of 1995, the one year that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. I'll never forget it because that's the only time they've won it. And uh, we were at the uh, the Outer Banks, and a group of us from church were, were fishing. And, you know, back then you didn't have a cell phone that had, you know, videos or Wi-Fi or anything on it. So we had a one of those four-inch television sets with batteries. And we were at the pier at, at night, and every night we'd fish some, and we'd watch the World Series. Well, one day we were out there earlier in the, the evening, and... Uh, my buddy Mac and I were sitting there fishing, and, and Jerry and some other ones were at other places from our group. But Mac and I are sitting there. There are two young guys who came to the very end of the pier, maybe 20, 30 feet from where we were. And uh, we were catching nothing. We we had shrimp or blood worms. I don't remember what bait we have. We're fishing for spot. You know, fall of the year, they should have been biting. And uh, they didn't. But these two young guys came in, and, and uh, they, at the end of the, the pier, they just they were reeling them in, and their reels were screaming. The drags, you know, were just pulling, and 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 I didn't I didn't know much about fishing, particularly not not blues. Well, I went running down or walking down to where they were, asking them what was going on. They caught two or three just in the minute I was standing there, 
And so I asked them, you know, what they were, what they were, what they were fishing. And they showed me their little jigs and and all that. So I went running down the pier because the guys said they aren't going to bite long, and they're coming through here now. So I went running down to the to the bait shop. I bought a, a blue jig, uh, or a jig for blues. I went out there, went running back, t- cut my line, tied that on there because I just had one pole. Uh, one rod, so I went out and I caught it, and in a few minutes, and I'd caught three or four or five, uh, just had fun. They stopped biting, so I went and sat down with my buddy Mac, and and uh, when I sat down, he was just he was shaking his head, you know, like this. And I said, "What?" And he said, "I." He said, "You just you just look like a fool." I said, doing what? He said, running down to the bait shop, buying that thing, going out and catching a, a few little blues. And, and they weren't really long enough to keep, so we threw, we kept a couple of them. We threw most of them back. He said, you look like a fool. And I kind of laughed to myself a little bit out loud for a minute. And I just sat there quiet for a minute. And then I said, uh, you look real smart sitting here catching nothing. And he got quiet for a few minutes, and, and then a little bit later, he, he just started laughing. And he said, I guess I did look pretty stupid. I said, well, actually, no. I said, you just look like you were fishing for spot, and spot aren't biting. And then he said, well, I'm, let me show you something that shows you just how stupid I am. He opens his tackle box. There are two or three jigs right there for blues. And I said, yeah, now you're starting to look kind of dumb. <laughs> and then he, he made a comment, and this is what stuck with me, the whole, you know, because it didn't last but a few minutes. And he said, but I'm out here to catch spot. Spot tastes better than blues. I don't want any blues. And I said, but Matt, blue, uh, spot aren't right this minute. They're not biting. And it's like you're going to make them bite. And they're not. It was too hot at that point. They're not. And I've, I've thought about that, that scene and how funny it was to us. And, and we laughed about it. And, and Mac and I did. And, and I look at this scripture. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, that's the mission that he gave his first followers, and that's the mission he gave us. And, and, and later on in, in Matthew 28, you know, he tells us we're going to make disciples of all nations. He, he tells us, he's sending us out, and he tells us to make disciples, baptize, and teach. Well, if you think about what a, a fisher of men does, or a fisherman, even a fish, you, you think about it, First of all, you got to know what you want to catch. And that's where I think about my friend Mac. Mac wanted spot. He didn't want blues. If Jesus Christ, and the focus here is, he didn't say we'll become or we'll learn how to be. He said, I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus is doing the making. Not a, it isn't up to us to figure it out. We've got to follow him, and he'll make us into what he wants us to be. So it's a surrender thing. So if you're fishing for fish, you've got to know what you want to catch. And again, my friend Mac, he had his mindset he was going to catch spots, and he wasn't doing it. I think we caught two. The four guys caught two. 
that whole day. In the church, don't we do that sometimes? We decide who we want to reach. We want our neighbor. We want our friend. We want the person who's talented, who, who we think can, can bring a lot to the, to the body here, who can really enhance, maybe teach Sunday school or sing or, or, or maybe is a generous financial giver or who's a talented person who can do all kind of stuff and fix stuff. And we pick who we want. Now, my friend Mac actually said about blues, and I've heard or learned differently since then, but Mac said a blues is a trash fish. Well, actually, no. People have told me that because uh, we didn't cook them that day, but it's a good fish, bony, but it's good. Well, sometimes we're guilty, and, and I know I can be. We look at other people, and, and we don't call them trash people, but we look at other people, and they become the people that we don't desire the most because we don't think that they're going to bring what we want. But Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. So for the church, I believe one of the big and important and critical steps that we've got to take is we've got to understand that anybody who doesn't have a personal, growing, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ is somebody that we want to reach out to. It doesn't matter if they're red, yellow, black, or white. We want to reach them. It doesn't matter if they're senior adults or if they're children. We want to reach them. But another thing about a fisherman is you've got to not only know what you want to catch, you've got to know where they are. Figure out where they are. And you go where they are. You know, other times I've, I've been fishing in different places, going up at, at, or down at, at Hertford one day with a grunch, bunch of men, and they were, they were catching brim you know, back in the, the kind of the, the river part of it. And there's a, a, a bed of brim. Well, now, if you know there's a bed there, where are you going to throw your hook? In the bed. You're not going to intentionally skip the bed where, they know, where you know they are. Well, again, as a church, as followers of Jesus Christ, now I'm, I'm not one, I'm absolutely not one to say we need to always focus on the cities and call that the bed where, where people are. No, there are a lot of people there, but there are a lot of people to reach them too. And so the folks who are in that area, who have contact with that area, need to intentionally reach out to them and we'll help. But the same thing's true right here and anywhere you go. We need to go where people are. Be where people are. You know, at the gas station, at the convenience store, at the grocery store, at the place you work, at school. We want to go where people are and we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. But it it doesn't just stop there. What I want to catch as a fisherman is going to determine the techniques and the equipment I use. You know, in North Carolina, I don't think I've never heard of anybody catching a, a salmon here. I don't believe they ever will. May, well, maybe one day somebody may farm them and have them in a pond where it's intentional and you know they're right there in that little rectangular pond or something if, if it can happen. I don't think it can with the salmon, but anyway. What you want to catch determines your techniques and your equipment. If you're going saltwater fishing out, particularly deep sea fishing, you're going to have a lot heavier tackle. 
If you've watched the Wicked Tuna, like I, I enjoy watching it at night sometimes, they got, you know, they've got reels that are that big. All right, you don't need that to catch a brim that's the size of your hand. But if you're going to catch an 800-pound tuna, you better have something bigger than a brim buster. As followers of Jesus Christ, who we want to reach is going to determine how we do it and when we do it. And I've shared this, this more than once. But if I love somebody enough, I'm going to do anything I can to reach them. I'm going to give up anything that's important to me. The, the kids who were over at, at, at Shawan, you know, we're going to do anything we can to reach them. They're going to like different things than I like. Doesn't make what I like anything wrong with what I like, but that's what I like. It doesn't have to be what they like. And as a fisher of men, I'm going to let Jesus Christ open my eyes just like those young guys opened mine. They were probably 30 years younger than me, but they knew more about catching blues than I did. And it didn't take them even two minutes to tell me what to do, and I did it, and it worked. So who we want to reach is going to determine what we do. If we only want to reach people like us and we decide this is how it's going to be, then we're going to do what we want to do. But if we're going to have that open arms that I believe Jesus Christ would have us to have, then we're going to learn from the people around us and the people at school and at work and the people with whom we talk and interact, and we're going to learn. We're going to let Jesus Christ teach us what it takes to reach them. And then we're going to do it. But another thing about fishing is you don't catch fish on every cast. One of my buddies said that's why they call it fishing, not catching. You know, you're fishing. It actually was Mac. You know, we were, we were talking that, that weekend when we were there and, and about it. And I made the comment laughing. I said, well, I like catching more than I like fishing. If it does, and I went back to the blue thing. I said, you know, one group of fish wasn't biting. I'm going to catch what is biting because I'd rather catch than just fish. But I wonder, as Jesus was calling his first disciples, and he picked Peter and Andrew and James and John, maybe, just maybe, Jesus understood those men's heart, and he understood these are guys who fish for a living. These are guys who've learned what it means to never give up. To keep on fishing. In their case, you, you know, they cast nets. You, you, you bring that same net in. There's nothing in it. What do you do? You put it out again. If you're fishing like we fish, you cast your line, nothing bites. You, you check it, rebate it if you need to. You throw it again. Well, as followers of Jesus Christ, the same thing applies. Every single time that we offer, we work in the name of Jesus Christ and we're his hands and we offer that cup of cold water or that food. Every time that we pray for somebody and pray diligently, maybe even pray for decades that the Spirit of God would take control of their life. Every single time that we share the words of direction for how someone can come to Christ, every time they're not going to say yes. There are many times they'll say no. 
But if a soul is really worth what Jesus said it is, which is of infinite value, that we're going to keep on working and keep on serving and keep on sharing, just like a fisherman is never going to stop just because they're not biting that day. And I'm not trying to objectify people now. Please, please don't hear me saying we're going to, like a fish, you're tricking them. It's what you're doing. You've got a hook hidden in bait. We're not tricking anybody. If we do that, that is, that's manipulative. You know, we want to share Jesus Christ and offer them because there's something that's radically different between fishing like we do and fishing like Jesus was saying, I'll make you fishers of men. If you're catching fish at the ocean or the river or the lake around here, you're taking a fish from life and bringing them to death. They're dead once you catch them, basically. What we're doing is offering people who were living but are dead. They're, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. We're offering them life. So you're not trying to manipulate. You're opening up a whole new world. Hey, you think you're living. You don't understand what Jesus Christ can give. No tricks. No bait and switch. Jesus Christ is who you're looking for. But another thing about a, a fishing, and it may be why some of you don't fish who don't fish, often the hardest work happens after you catch the fish. Then you got to come in, come to shore if you're in a boat or, or, or walk you know, back somewhere, and you got to scale it. You got to clean it, gut it. That's messy. And it's hard. It's not as much fun as it is reeling that thing in. In the church, I believe sometimes we're guilty of we want people to clean up their lives before they come here. And what Jesus said is, come unto me, all you labor, labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. What he said to people is, no matter what circumstance you're in, just come to me. You will learn that I am the answer. And he's the one who gives strength to clean up your life. He's the one who does it. There will be people who come through these doors who have a history and maybe you'll even know their history, and it's not pretty. It's Jesus Christ who can make all things new. It's not me and you. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. New creature. If we're doing what Jesus Christ called us to do, and we're fishers of men, then what we're doing is taking a person dead in their trespasses and sins, and we're bringing them to life in Christ, and as they learn and as they surrender to Jesus Christ, their life's going to be radically changed. We're offering hope in a hopeless world. Still another thing about fishermen is a fisherman is always positive and thinking about next time. You know, the one that got away. Or they weren't biting today. I think I've shared this with you once before. It seems like every time I've gone fishing, particularly at the beach, you know, they were fighting yesterday or last week. 
particularly fall of the year like us, that, that particular time, we just we hit it, I think, a week too early, maybe two weeks. A fisherman's always thinking, you know, even if I, even if I struck out this time, even if I didn't catch anything this time, you know, I, I've learned, I understand, I know, and I'm going to come back next time, and I'm going to do it differently, or I'm going to do it again. As followers of Christ, as long as you and I have breath and have life, there's always another day. There's always another person to reach and to reach out to. You know, we, we, we're guilty, or I, I am sometimes, and... Uh, the first church I pastored, Bear Swamp Baptist Church, down on Bear Swamp Church Road, uh, kind of near Lakeview, South Carolina, between Lakeview and Fairmont. Yeah, you, you can look at that, and there were people who did back then and asked the question, well, why do you want to go to Bear Swamp? Why do you want to be there? Well, number one, God called. But there are people there. And I was at an associational meeting about a month ago in, in Lumberton. And this guy came up to me and, you know, he said, well, Paul, this was after everything was over. He had been sitting at the kind of near the back and he came up. He said, Paul, I, I know you from years ago. I was a member at Bear Swamp. And when I, I looked at him, I recognized, I said, you're Arthur. How's Rosalie? And I asked him about his, his wife. And, uh, you know, everybody's got a history. But Arthur, as, as we were talking, and I asked him, you know, what's God doing in your life right now? What's going on now? And Arthur said, well, this church where we're meeting in tonight, this is my church. He said, I, we, we still live in Lakeview, but this isn't but a few miles away. It's south of Fairmont. And uh, he said, I just, I met this pastor, and God's at work here, and I've been here at this church for probably 10 years, and God's blessed us. And, and he got to talking about God in his life and, and how God was strengthening him and, and God was building him up and, and how uh, Rosalie was serving the Lord and how she was impacting other women in town. And I thought that, now this is a life that's redeemed. That God changed from the way it was to the way he wanted it to be. And sometimes it does take years. Sometimes it happens overnight. Like in the case of, of the Apostle Paul, he was just absolutely awful. And then God changed him. But again, Jesus said, our focal verse is, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The work of making us to the fishers of men he wants us to be, that's Jesus' work. It's not ours. Ours is surrender. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. The question I want us to answer this morning is, in your life and in my life, when we think about what we do in any given day and any given week, are we reaching out to the people we encounter, and are we a fisher of men? Or are we just doing a job, making a paycheck, going to school, whatever the events of the day are, and we're just walking right by people that Jesus Christ sent us to reach?
Bow with me together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for this, this very, very simple call that you've given. Lord, you've called us to be fishers of men, and, and we want to do that, and we want to surrender to you. And, and Lord, you teach us life lessons from a simple thing like going fishing that we're pretty much all familiar with. Lord, we've got an extremely simple request this morning. Make us fishers of men. Make us men and women who every hour of every day we've got eyes to see and hearts to learn what you're teaching and that we're seeing the people around us and we're, we're learning from you, from your spirit. And God, that we're impacting people on and on and on. Oh, Lord, we want to do it so much to bring you glory. We don't want to trick anybody, but God, we can't keep the wonderful message of how you change lives to ourselves. Help us. God, in this time of invitation and response, open our minds to understand and our hearts to commit. And then, God, give our feet and hands strength to move. We bow together and we pray together in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. This morning, our invitation is hymn 541, uh, Why Do I Sing About Jesus? And as we sing, this is an opportunity uh, for you to say yes to Him. The altar is going to be open. You can come and, and kneel right here. And the commitment that, that uh, God would lay on your heart, share that with him. I'll, just, I'll ask you, if, if you're this morning thinking and recognizing, well, maybe I haven't done what Jesus Christ actually called me to do. Maybe I've been in my own world doing good things now. I'm not saying bad things. But I haven't been the fisher of men Christ would have me to be. And I haven't impacted people like I should. Then this is a moment of commitment. I'll be at the front to receive you, and uh, this is our time to come. Let's stand together now as we sing. Without and within 
we'll be seated just for a minute. We want to recognize our uh, our veterans and, and those who've who've had people who have served. And you know, this is a a special special weekend. Uh, every year at that church I mentioned Bear Swamp, I always spent Memorial Day part of it on the porch with Hort McCormick, who had been a, or was is a World War II veteran. So if if you're here and he would talk about friends of his that had paid the ultimate price. It's what he always did. And, and uh, thank the Lord for, for those. Uh, so if, if you're here this morning and you've got a family member who, who gave their life in service of our country, would you please stand up for, for just a moment? Okay. Okay, so we've got several, and, and we want to praise the Lord for that. And, and so now if you're a veteran, if you're one of our veterans, if you would... Stand up, please. Okay. Got a good many veterans. And we just thank you with all of our hearts. You know, we, amen. You know, we, we live in a free country because of you and people like you. So thank you for it. Uh, let's bow together in prayer as we thank God for the sacrifice uh, that, that these and others made and, and for those especially this weekend, uh, who never came home. Let's bow together. Dear Lord, we thank you. Thank you, God, for men and women who were willing to serve this country. Uh, Some of them were drafted. Some of them were volunteers. Every single one of them served. And God, it's easy in the midst of our lives, our busyness to to forget and to just go on about things and Lord, we don't mean to ignore, but we ask your forgiveness this morning when we have not shown the gratitude that we should. Uh, thank you for those who, who paid the ultimate price, who laid down their lives and who went to a foreign land or, or maybe it even happened here in the United States and they just never came home. Uh, thank you, God, for those who suffered an injury. Some of them uh, were healed and some of them have injuries that change their lives for the rest of it. God, thank you for them. Give them your grace and your mercy and your peace. And God, we pray that for those that are healing right now from injuries, you would speed their healing and, and God, that you'd open new doors and they'd see your hand. For all who have served, thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for the dedication. For those who are serving right now, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions. God, we pray that they will feel our hand on their shoulder and they'll recognize we are in this together. We have sent them and we have not forgotten them. And God, may you be glorified in this country from top to bottom, every man, woman, and child. And God, may your name be glorified around the world. We thank you as we offer this prayer now in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, the only one. Amen. Thank you.